2: Killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. (laughs)
1: Does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. (laughs) Rex, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter like recorder right now. a we little dark where okay let's go to the porch
2: let's go to the porch
1: All right. so can don't can walk too far because you're connected to me
2: I won't so I can smell some fresh air Okay. while we do this we're going to the porch
1: <laughs> fancy fancy yeah over here okay Man, sunset oh, in Maine. this
2: is better. Much Look at better. this view.
1: Perfect. Perfect. Can you hear me okay? I
2: can.
1: All right. Typically, this uh, podcast is right now sponsored by Boykies. I'll have to give you some Boykies in the morning. You know what? what uh, so, Boykies is South African jerky. It's called biltong. Have okay. you ever had biltong before? No. You're a foodie.
2: Yeah, but I, don't, I have it's not. It's
1: air-dried beef. Okay. And it's got no preservatives. Dried for 46 days. It's pretty much rosemary spices, Ooh, malt I do. vinegar, I do like rosemary. and it is Okay. Phenomenal. I'll sure, give you we'll some ta- of the more. Yeah,
2: we'll talk more about it. Yeah.
1: So we are sitting in northern Maine. Sunset. You just cooked us a phenomenal meal.
2: They get a beautiful sunset here. It's my favorite part.
1: Lobsters, steak.
2: Uh huh. Strip steak. Marinated. Lobsters. So good. Roasted potatoes, yeast rolls. Yep. Yeah.
1: And uh, you are?
2: Candace. Candace who? Sable.
1: Are you from originally from Maine?
2: Lincoln, Maine. Born and raised? Born and raised. Uh, Left right after I graduated high school and went um, to college at Penn State. Mm hmm. Uh, my dad's from just outside of Pittsburgh, so mm-hmm. lots of Pennsylvania blood running through my veins. So uh did four years in state college at Penn State, um, came back to Maine briefly, and then spent lots of years traveling.
1: In America or around the world? No, or?
2: in Amer- mostly in America. Um, I have one older brother who lives in Alaska and mm-hmm. has lived there for 25 plus years, so I lived up there for a couple of years, driven up there. Um, a couple of times to You've visit. Driven yeah. up there twice by myself.
1: How long is that drive?
2: Um, so shortest is 4,800 miles. So he lives in Wasilla, Alaska. So from Wasilla to Jackman, so I went through nine Canadian provinces. So, I, so like the shortest I went Definitely through. Definitely not uh, doing
1: this in the winter.
2: No, no, it wasn't winter. Um, May, I think, end of May was the okay. earliest. So 4,800 miles. One way. Um, I did it in six days by myself in a Volkswagen Golf the first time, yeah, Uh, and the second time alone was in a Toyota Tacoma, and I had a cap on it, so I slept in the back, and... Awesome. Yeah.
1: And today, you as a day job?
2: Um, I work at a domestic violence resource center, a high-risk response advocate, Uh, so I oversee our highest-risk cases, work with law enforcement a lot, the district attorney's office, and I... I'm actually um federally funded from a department of Justice grant and oversee our human trafficking and sexual exploitation work okay. um, and because we're right on sort of the southern tip of i ninety five unfortunately like we see a we lot. see a lot of that yeah wow.
1: it's one of those things that nobody ever speaks about, yeah, no. nobody thinks about, and it is prolific
2: it's so happening, and where there's unfortunately sort of where there's um, lots of easy access to guns in Maine, sort of right or wrong or however you, you know, think about, believe about it. It's it's true right now. So, um, easy access to guns, drugs, like lots of, mm-hmm. w- lots of women, mm-hmm. unfortunately, sort of tied and in, forced into doing things. So, Jeez. yeah, we see a lot of it, unfortunately.
1: Well, that's definitely not why we're talking. Yeah, no. Unfortunately. Um, but I'm that's massive that you actually do that.
2: No, thank you so much. And I, uh, I, you know, I um, take my vacation time to come and cook at these remote camps. And Mm -hmm. literally, it sort of couldn't be more sort of polar worlds for me. You know, I work at a feminist organization, I have all female colleagues. And then I come to bear camp. And uh often most more often than not, I'm the only female yeah. in in the room yeah. you know with with guns and you know very uh sometimes conservative you know conservative like men and sure um uh but we all it's sort of like finding common ground mm-hmm. and we're all here because we love the outdoors and mm-hmm. we love the hunt and mm-hmm. we love the harvest and mm-hmm. the celebration and I'm here to cook and I very much um appreciate every single uh hunter and client Mm -hmm. who is here are you a hunter i am a hunter
1: what you've hunted here in maine obviously
2: i have hunted here in maine yeah um well i've put in for my i've put in the lottery i haven't been drawn yet but i've put in every year and i'm hoping Mm -hmm. um i haven't shot a bear yet um i'm kind of in talks with craig about Mm -hmm. you know after yeah like a a couple you know in a couple of weeks when some of the when some of the clients are gone um, shot lots of white tail, lots of turkey, lots of ruffed grouse nice. um yeah, all of which uh um oh, it was just so amazing to harvest I often you know hunt like with my brother in Alaska or with my dad here I hunted with my mom mm-hmm. um with su- with some of my very closest friends uh hunting is just a way of life here in maine you were brought up a hunter. Um, yes I was brought up a hunter my mom was a little bit more of a hunter and a fisherman than my dad was okay um,
1: that's interesting
2: but i I can honestly say that all through high school um, I was I was uh, very athletic you know three three sport seasons every year you know I would go fishing with my mom every mother's day because that's what she wanted to do um, but honestly I would have rather spent my time other places. And then just, I kind of went to college. Um, and then I went to Alaska shortly thereafter and spent time with my brother. And mm-hmm. the first um, animal I ever killed was a ruffed grouse actually in Alaska. Okay. And I was in my mid-twenties. Yeah. So a little bit later of a of but a. But you have no, obviously,
1: so you are a hunter. You have no problems with hunting.
2: Absolutely not. So no.
1: the reason I found you like a year and a half ago through a Mutual Friend, yeah, was that I was told that you don't eat anything but wild game meat.
2: Absolutely. Why? Um Oh, and lots of people ask me this question. And I feel like lots of people sort of come to their own conclusions for lots of different reasons for me. Um, when I was a sophomore in college, I worked for the BLM out in Utah. I was a river ranger on the Green River, and I worked nine days on, got five days off. So on my five days off, um, I went up to Jackson Hole to visit my friend Kristen. My dad came out, and I just remember being out there. Um, and there, it's just a, it's a different world. Utah is a different world sure, than sure. Maine. I mean, just uh, in all ways. Um, but there were, there were cattle grazing everywhere um, on, in the Manti LaSalle Mountains when my dad came out and we went camping. We would drive over cattle guards and there were cattle, ev- you know, lots of cattle everywhere. And the one thing that I remember is um, when when cattle overgraze an area, this stuff called cheat grass grows mm-hmm. and it's really spiky and it gets mm-hmm. stuck in your socks and we were hiking around and I just remember thinking... You know, once, well, once cheatgrass grows, nothing else can ever grow Mm -hmm. there naturally again. So it really just got me thinking in a different way. I got to sort of experience sort of cattle just as one experience in a different way. Um, Oh, goodness. You know, I think, oh, just in doing some research on the ways that chickens are Mm -hmm. raised. uh, um, The ways that pigs, you know, just the ways that animals are raised um and to me, and it's personal, and I would never try to sort of push of my thoughts on anyone else yeah. um and I just sort of made the decision back in two thousand that um essentially if and i wasn't even hunting back then right, so I was not a hunter back then, so i was ve- i was vegetarian for five or six years Kay. um and still uh my goodness, eat lots of vegetarian meals, you know, um, just kind of made that decision steadfast. Um, I had a friend, uh, my college roommate, Kristen, who kind of dabbled in like very same similar sort of thought processes. And, um, uh, and then, you know, uh, in my mid twenties, I, I started hunting and I ate grouse and my brother, you know, my brother in Alaska has freezers full of caribou Mm -hmm. and moose Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, so really primarily what he ate, what we ate up there was wild game, Mm -hmm. you know, that he had killed. And I just, uh, I don't know. I just, I really loved that concept. Um, At that point, I hadn't eaten beef, pork, or chicken or non-wild turkey. Yeah, because you were vegetarian. Yeah, in five or six, seven years. Um, And so then I started getting ruffed grouse or moose and um, really just was experimenting, you know, different, different places in the um, United States. They cook meat really differently, Mm -hmm. you know, they do, oh, they all have really like awesome recipes based on sort of the culture and and where they are. So just kind of gathered those and it has just really stuck for me. So it's been 20 years.
1: So you legitimately have not eaten beef, pork... Or chicken in 20 years.
2: non-mild turkey. Absolutely. Absolutely not. And have no desire to.
1: So tell me, can I, uh, so there must be a, so there must be a bigger why to why you haven't eaten domesticated meat in 20 years.
2: Uh, So I shot um, my first buck, it was six or seven years ago now. Um and I was I was already you know deep into kind of this mm-hmm. this people philosophy. were obviously giving you game meat absolutely and stuff like that, right? I do okay. a lot of canning so I'll trade some stuff Okay I'll trade some of my canning stuff for Kay. some meat Um you know I just I killed that deer and Uh, It was, it's always been super important. You know, I'm, I'm hunting all by myself. My dad's an hour away. My uncle, my mom's brother is an hour away. You know, I'm all by myself. I shoot my first buck. He's, you know, it's a clean kill. He's laying there. Uh, And I remember I like got down and walked up to him and it was such a, it was a spiritual experience for me, which as it is for so many people. Mm -hmm. And it very much was for Mm -hmm. me. Um, and sort of from that moment, that was the first big game animal that I had ever killed. Mm-hmm. Um, close to my home, you know, in the woods that I knew and mm-hmm. loved, mm-hmm. you know, which all just made it even more special. My dad came, my uncle came, you know, I gutted it out. We, you know, we dragged it, we hung it, we skun it, the whole thing. Um, and just ever from that, ever since that moment, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to do it any other way. To me, it is, it's the whole experience of, um, you know, this, this little buck and he was a little buck, my first one, you know, sort of his life and his, um, quality of life was, was amazing, it right? Exactly. Was amazing until and it was a clean shot, was a single shot. He didn't suffer. Um that's if I'm going to eat meat, I want their the responsibility. Quali- absolutely, and I respect that about them. Um and then it's then my responsibility to then take this g- sort of this gift that I honestly I, I value I, I view it as a gift that I have been given. Um, you know, to process with respect, uh, and then cooking it for me is just a whole nother. I mean, that's why I'm here. Mm-hmm. What I really love to do is mm-hmm. to cook. Um, and so all this wild game, I I view cooking wild game as kind of the hardest. The it's the hardest meat to Absolutely. cook because it's lean, Absolutely. it's it's dry. You know, all the things. So. Um, that's really where I learned, honestly, I, I would get this meat and I would kind of look up recipes and, and I love to entertain. You probably saw that tonight. You sure, know, I'm very sure. much like, I love to cook in a kitchen with a drink and mm-hmm. with, with all people around and to serve. It's very much, um, an offering for me, uh, sort of, sort of an offering. Um, uh, and so I just really, uh, Right. Learned how to cook this, this, the turkeys, the deer, the, the roughed grouse, but used all my favorite, like my mom has a, has a, she made chicken pot pie or sometimes mm-hmm. partridge pot pie. Mm-hmm. And so I would translate that, mm-hmm. um, into partridge pot pie. Um, so all of these recipes, I would just learn to translate into using wild game and would cook them and, um, And for me to say, this is my deer that I shot, if you're interested in hearing this, or here's the story, right? It was shot, you know, 600 yards this way, you know, kind of here's the story. Here's my freezer full. I just, uh, it's very, very special to me to be able to sort of... um, Offer that whole experience to people it's a piece of me. Mm-hmm. I feel like that I'm mm-hmm. when I cook um, my wild game for mm-hmm. people
1: it's amazing though you know, and I don't know if you've heard this or not, and if you haven't, then I'm purposely gonna poke you okay. a little bit okay in which Candace what you're saying in today's society is you don't have to do that candace why why do you have to go and procure wild game meat wherein all you have to do is drive down the road and you can buy the meat from the grocery store, Candace. So why don't you... Why are you not buying the meat from the grocery store?
2: I'm just not interested in that. I haven't been for so long. I don't know if you saw me earlier. I was down gathering out of the garden mm-hmm. peppers and jalapenos and tomatoes that I'm going to make in a tomato sauce. I do lots of canning. Um... Okay to me the things that that i harvest or that i grow that i can that i cook for people um oh they just mean so much more to me
1: mm-hmm. why do you think society has why do you think society frowns upon what you're doing and i wouldn't say c- celebrates not the right word but more thinks the norm is the thing that shows up in the grocery store that that that's how it that's how it arrives
2: i mean i ponder this question a lot um and i'm surrounded by so many people in maine who believe and think the way that i do Mm -hmm. so it feels like when you talk about lots of those other people it does feel a bit removed to me um but i know that they exist and I would just, I would like to think that it was a lack of understanding. Um, that if, you know, somebody came up to this beautiful lodge here and, you know, watched us sort of process a bear and pull the tenderloins out of a bear and watched me cook a, f- you know, build a cast iron with onions and peppers and garlic and cook it over the fire and fed it. I just, I can't help but think um that there might be a greater understanding Absolutely. to the whole to the whole process.
1: Well, it's almost that society today seems almost disconnected.
2: Very disconnected. That's a, a perfect word. And it's it's very sad and very scary to me. Um oh, cuz I think with <laughs> disconnectivity comes um Ooh, lots of uh, you lose. I mean, and and I think of this more broadly, sort of. But you lose, you lose your empathy. You lose your understanding. You know, it sort of becomes more of um, uh, more of a world that just kind of involves you and doesn't involve nature, doesn't involve mm-hmm. other people or mm-hmm. growing things. You know, it's just
1: you're not a part of nature anymore. No
2: and that ter- that terrifies me. Yeah. For our kids, for the kiddos growing up today. Absolutely. That terrifies me. I mean, I think of my childhood in Maine and I was blessed to grow up um in Maine, but outside, you know, building tree forts and Catching frogs and fishing and um, hanging with the boys and riding, but you know, just kids don't grow up like that anymore. Yeah. Um. And I, I'm very scared as to what that, that might play out to look like.
1: How do you think that if you, if we had a way, how do we bridge the gap between? showing the the true connectivity to what we as hunters understand the circle of life to be versus the perception of this is this is what society is today this is where you get your food this is you, you understand what i'm saying sure. how do we how do we bridge that gap such that my kids your kids our grandkids
2: I mean, I think my mind just goes to kind of like, what are the barriers that those people who are not us sort of, of, of what they're thinking about? And I mean, I do, I think it's education. I think it's understanding. I think it's experience about the actual numbers of bear in Maine. Right. Like, I'm not sure people actually understand that bears are not managed any other way than during bear season in maine you Mm -hmm. know or that there are this many deer or this many moose Mm -hmm. in maine and that Mm -hmm. without the proper management without hunting as a tool without hunting as a tool this is what will happen whether it's here or outside of dc so it's urban or you know in other parts of the united states um so i think that's a part of it um it's
1: showing what hunting actually does. It's
2: showing what I- hunting is. I think so many people now are so quick to make judgments about... Social media has brought... You know, just we see a snapshot. We make a judgment so quickly. So, shows like this, you know, mm-hmm. educational shows where mm-hmm. you have females hunting, mm-hmm. younger generations hunting as to why they hunt. Yep. This is not about savage. This is about filling my freezer. I literally hunt to fill my freezer. It is um, so important to me. I am, it brings me such pride. Uh, So I think just trying to share those stories, share those individual stories Um, and understanding that it's, that it's also me who works for a feminist nonprofit. Ex- you know, Absolutely. like I am not necessarily well, the look, stereotypical.
1: You have already broken barriers, right? You're a, a, a somebody who works for a feminist nonprofit. That is a hunter. Number one stereotype yeah. is broken. Yeah. And number two has not eaten domesticated meat for 20 years and only solely relies on wild game.
2: Absolutely.
1: Well that's why we wanted to talk to you, Candace.
2: No, and I uh and I will share that sort of my story and my my no. thoughts with anybody who you know no. who will listen. And come cook with me and I'll show you how to cook Wild Absolutely. Game. If you you know, I know um Lots of women, lots of people have, you know, their husbands hunt or their partners hunt. So they have lots of wild game in the freezer. And uh, cooking wild game can be extremely intimidating if you've never done it before. You cook it once. It was dry. It was, you know, I, I don't feel like I can do that again. I would love to teach people how to cook wild game. It's a little different. You know, it's a little different, but... um, Once
1: you get it right, though. It's a
2: lot the same, and uh, it's amazing. It is pretty good. Yeah. Well, that's why we eat
1: it, right? Absolutely. That's why we love it so much.
2: Oh, and... uh, Oh, goodness. So, I cooked last week here, and... um, you know five bears monday night and everyone that comes in and every hunter is so happy and i could not be more happy for them just these are some of the happiest you know people take vacation time they save up money to come here right to be a part of this hunting tradition in maine and it is a gift for me to be a part of that
1: well we're happy to have you here and we can't wait to film your story later this week
2: Absolutely. And uh, we're
1: excited. I think it's, again, it's just, you know, there's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. So we're so happy to have you. We're so happy to have you a part of our this community. It's your community. It's our community.
2: Absolutely.
1: So So excited Wonderful. to have this conversation.
2: Wonderful. Cheers. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much. (laughs) Well, that's it for today. appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.